I'm Krista, the founder and CEO of Vitrina Group. And I'm Jay, the lead producer of content at Dutchie. And this is Pot of Flowers, the official podcast of Hall of Flowers, an industry-only, highly curated business-to-business show designed to facilitate commerce between licensed cannabis brands and retailers. This podcast, which is recorded on-site at Hall of Flower shows, highlights brands, retailers, and industry leaders at the forefront of the emerging cannabis industry. You can find more information about the podcast and the show at hallofflowers.com. On this episode, we talk to David Cote. Yeah, David Cote is the founder and CEO of Northern Helm, which is a retailer here in Canada. And the conversation took place at the inaugural Hall of Flower show in Toronto in September of 2022. Krista, it was so good to get a retailer's perspective on the show. And it was really validating, I think. Yeah, you know, having a retailer at the show and then we were talking to so many brands, it really got me thinking about how you can use the show not just to think about what product is in store, but also plan all of the pieces that you need to be able to connect with customers for a much longer period of time that maybe it would have taken quite a few meetings to get through. So I'm really excited to kind of expose what that looks like. Yeah, and the show also allowed retailers and brands to connect outside of their own shop floor, which I think both brands and retailers appreciate it. But we're going to hear that from David. This is David Cote from Northern Helm. All right, here's how we're starting off our podcast. Okay. Um, Name, title, company, and then we'll jump into the juicier stuff. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, name, David Cote, COO of J Supply Holdings. We have J Supply Co stores and Northern Helm stores. I was the founder of Northern Helm. With Northern Helm, uh, we started it at the start of 2021. And it was thankfully after a couple the couple shots at, at retail and had a lot of fun with those other brands as well. It was the first one that I really got to take into the exact vision of why I got into the space. I, I truly believe that cannabis has the opportunity to improve the lives that it touches. And for that to become possible it, with my skill set anyway, it, on being on the retail side, I needed to come up with something that could be normal. It could feel like going to your coffee shop or going to your grocery store and just part of your routine. We were talking about routine before we started yeah. recording. It's how do you make that just part of the weekly shop? And to go one step further with that, you also need to make it a sustainable business. So there has to be cash flow positive. It can't be too expensive to get going. And that was really what we were trying to create with Northern Helm. And we very quickly it worked with some awesome licensees and, and launched six of those last year. As we saw saturation moving through, we pulled back on the development and we merged with J Supply Co. And they've got a, a really cool brand, mostly up north, a uh, couple, couple early lottery stores. There's, I'm big on that name. J Supply Co. Yeah, yeah. I really yeah. I know. Well, yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, House it, brand. <laughs> yeah, really, really cool cool branding that they have pulled together. And it's nice having both brands in-house. They they, uh, they speak to different markets and they operate in different markets. And it's it's been a really cool couple of years in this particular business. And I've met awesome people every single day just like this. And that's good. People have used other words than cool to describe the past couple of years. Yeah, and <laughs> well, I, I figured you're gonna you're gonna touch something on that, and that's I think that's part of the part of the evolution of where we're going. And and you look at any industry that's gone from nothing to normalization, and you look at the alcohol industry, you can look at any CPG industry, how how they evolved from nothing to now. Like Tim Hortons, uh, where where were they in the '70s, and how long it took them to to gain that real traction? and how many stores had to fail, both on the Tim Hortons side as well as externally for them to hit that critical mass. And yeah, it, it hasn't been perfectly linear the way maybe some of us would have liked it to be, but hopefully 
we're getting better and better at serving the guests. And if we keep that at the forefront of everything that we're doing and recognizing that if there is a failure in one spot, it's why it failed and how we can adjust for the next time and do better. Well, I would even say, uh, we talked about, I do another podcast called The Peak. And on The Peak, we just did a story about Starbucks, like it, it, like a very successful, you know, consumer facing retail, like they change store, like they change all the time too. The one near my parents' house in Natick, Massachusetts, like it's totally ripped up. They're redoing it, takes three months. They've got a new format. Yeah. They have a like, whole new format right. of how they service their customer. Right, but but that's it's, that's all because to say. Their, their, their customers change what they're looking for. Yes. With different products coming through, they had to adjust, right? And how long it took to get the actual products yeah. out the door. <laughs> yeah, but, but, minor details but, but this the, is this the is morning the, rush. This is the thing, it's, 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 um, it's dynamic. It's never static. And I, I mean, that's that's a good question. Like you, ha- you know, between Northern Helm and J Supply Co, like h- how do you think about instilling all the time change as a retailer? Because it's like, that could be really scary. Like you think you're gonna get to this this static point. And this is the same thing with the brands on the floor. Like they're gonna, they think they're gonna get to some static point and it's gonna be like this awesome period of static. And like, we're just gonna crush it, crush it, crush it. But it, it's the dynamic change all the time that is operationally challenging. Absolutely, and and that's that's always the balance of how many new things do you layer into the store experience on a monthly or quarterly basis, yeah. and and getting into a bit of a calendar for what is being rolled out. So you have you have the elements that really don't change unless there is some kind of compliance issue, mm-hmm. and then we've really tried to focus on changing things in terms of the the promotions that we're doing, uh, be it either a, either a promotion that's tied to some some facet of life, so mm-hmm. there could be multiple brands involved, or doing a promotion with one specific brand or one specific product mm-hmm. uh, tied to a brand. So if we're, that's that's something that's worked for us, and we know, as you said, we'll probably have to change even that strategy in a couple months, but that has been working well for us in, in the recent months, and we'll keep going and, and learning as we do that yeah. in the future. Promotional strategy, and I mean, and thinking about touch points. This is touch points has been a theme I think we've followed all the way through. With like, we're here because brands are creating touch points with retailers like you. Um, but the promotional cadence and what that has looked like. I mean, I'm a big fan of talking about pricing compression. Oh, really? You don't say. <laughs> I've seen a couple things. For you. Oh. Always be talking about pricing compression. That's that's Chris and her team's motto. But I like. I think that that has some of those features have made us evolve what promotions look like definitely um what the cadence of promotions have looked like we've seen things come to market and kill store viability with those things daily deals don't do um why 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 okay but like what are what are some of those moments where you think about the historical um promotions that you've run that at the time felt right, but now you're like, we're doing a different strategy and, and why? So I think I think what we've been successful with is when we pick a specific brand that we want to work with, we, we try to stay within a couple different formats so that the team can be as educated as possible going into it. Like the, the, first, the first conversation with any brands that we're looking to do a promotion with, and it's not necessarily that we're jumping out to do a huge price promotion. It's all about, it's, it's a discussion. It's, it, Promotions don't need to be priced. Exactly. It, it needs to be something that's exciting. It needs to be something that creates an environment when the guest comes in for a conversation. And 
making sure that the team members are going to be as educated as possible on that particular product via a product knowledge session, as well, if possible, on trying the product and having access to trying a sample or in some way, shape or form so that they can speak to the, to the experience themselves. And it's not just what they read on the back of the box or on the OCS. So that, that's one key thing. And then keeping it within a couple formats. So the earlier in our tenure, we tried, okay, we're, we're working with this LP and we're going to do every format that's under that LP. It's just confusing. It, it, there's too many products for the guests. There's too many, certainly too many products for the team members to be focused on everything. If you're focused on everything, you're focused on nothing. And let's, let's create an environment like it through the summer where it was sip and smoke. You've got, okay, let's, let's do pre-rolls and a beverage and it, how well that goes hand in hand if you're sitting on a patio or you're, you're walking in the park. Like that is something that fits nicely together. But uh, as soon as we tried to bite off more than we could chew at the same time, it, it just kind of fell flat and the customer didn't really understand it. And if they don't understand and don't enjoy it, why are we doing it? Right. Well, it's like the store ultimately is a sales tool. And for us to see any traction with that, we have to have some level of focus and be able for, to your point, to for bartenders and the teams in store to be able to really eloquently discuss what products are available in store, why they're available and how they're relevant to each other. And the more that we add in from uh, trying to achieve something, the less any of those things are actually achieved. Okay. So simplicity in retail is so important, but it's actually like one of the hardest exercises. Absolutely. It's way easier to just say yes to everything. Yeah, let's <laughs> it, do like, it. It is. Daily it, deals. No. <laughs> well, and there, there's, you think about how difficult it is when you go on the OCS and you're looking at all the products that are available. It, it, you feel bad for groups that are coming in for the first time ever and have no support looking at that list. How do you choose what you're going to carry? And how do you ensure that that list doesn't turn into the, that you've got five or 600 products on shelf that you really yeah. are not supporting properly and your team doesn't know about it? It's, I, I want to bring it back because we're sitting at a place where we hope brands and retailers will do that. And that is like, it, everything needs focus, right? If you have no focus, just like you said, if it's sort of do, trying to do everything, you'll do nothing, right? Similarly, we think the Hall of Flowers is, is filling this gap that exists obviously in California where they started, but also here, we're like, how do we put retailers of all sizes, shapes and whatever, and brands together so that that is the conversation. And actually there's part of it that we've sort of been exploring a bit through the podcast is like, do that, but actually do it outside of the shop as well. Like the idea that you could have a dedicated time, space, effort where everybody is there intentionally to have the conversations on a trade show floor over the course of two days. And I want to know if that's your, we've talked a lot to brands, but I want to know if that's your, been your experience too. Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've said that for Krista, I've said yeah. it to multiple people, like this is the ideal setting for me as a retailer because every single booth that I go to has and some sort of relevance for my customer. We're taking a quick pause so we can have an announcement. So it doesn't. Although I'm not even sure we can hear it in our. I guess you would hear for sure. Yeah. Oh, you left your great Porsche Carrera, in fact, didn't you? <laughs> it, it was, is that what the announcement is? Yeah, oh, it, seriously? And it was parked in the loading zone yesterday too. Oh. Yeah. Who, who? I wonder whose car that is. Yeah. Uh, okay, let bold move twice. Yeah. And they got asked to move yesterday too. I know. What is what the license plate's like? Won't move. <laughs> okay, let's go back. Let's go yeah. back. You're talking about how this was, is the ideal was, show. Was, Talk about that. In the midst of flattering you guys. I know. <laughs> That's why I wanted to bring pause. it back. Bring it All back. Right. So, so you asked, you asked about focus and, and how this show plays in. And I've said it, to Krista. I've said it to multiple people that coming into a show like this is perfect for me because every single booth has something that is relevant to our customers, and that means that every conversation is 
if it's something that's coming down the line, it's something that we've done before, talking about potential promotions in the future. Like yesterday we lined up the next four months of the promos that we're going to do, just through conversations that were going on here. And I, I've been to a lot of these events and yes, there are some events that are, that are flashier, but for, for what our customer needs, therefore for what I need, this event is exactly it. Lining up four weeks worth of promo content is a whole thing, a yeah. whole thing. Yeah, of course, it, it, it done in principle, but it and it, it takes a lot of preparation in advance. Like we knew what our calendar was coming into this, and we knew what what pieces of the puzzle we were trying to lay in, layer in. It didn't just happen because right. it, it, by, but there was some design that went into it, and and this floor gave us the opportunity to finish that out. So that's great for our licensees because it's great for our customers because it's going to be a very focused output in that day. That's like that's. Ultimately, the biggest reason why we wanted to make sure that the show could come here was that we, if we could all show up with the intention to say, how do we need to grow the business? What do we need from a retail perspective to be able to support the sell-through of product in-store? And how are we going to better connect with our consumers? We need the brands and the retailers to have a positive relationship and like work really closely together. And um, that has been something that hasn't necessarily been the case for historically... Yeah, present retail environments in Canada. Yeah, but yeah. Th- I mean, that's, I, I actually hadn't, I, I, Krista always looks at me like, why wouldn't you have thought of that? But like, I didn't think of that. Like, I didn't think of it in a retailer, because we look at it as primarily a brand, brands coming to retailers to like, have the conversations that they have, you know, scattershot, have them all at once, super valuable. Similarly, retailers coming to talk about brands, of course, but to come as a retailer and say, I have an intention or I have these gaps that I'm looking to fill very specifically, maybe about products, of course, but actually about like partnership, that is, that's juicier, obviously, because it's more involved. And like, we've had lots of folks who come in today and say like, you know, the show in California is slightly different because in California, you can actually make a deal, right? Like you can actually sign a PO, sign checks. That's not gonna happen, that's not the way it works, but like how it does work, like these are the deals that make your business successful, that make the brand successful, that people are looking to have, as well as to introduce new products, of course, from a brand perspective. But like that is, that is super, the only word I ever use is juicy, but it's super juicy. I, I think it's fitting there. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it's, it's something tangible that we can take away from this. And, yeah. and, and a lot of people hear that there are other things they could be doing on a Tuesday and Wednesday yeah. during the week. But, and, and often when you're sending your teams out, it's like, is it worthwhile sending the team into right. something? And how much commitment do we want to put to this? And you do something like that where you get, I get to, I get to see some new products that are coming down the line and then speak to awesome brands about how we can work together. And that's a pretty fruitful outcome for us. Yeah, it is. That's we it. did it. And, that's and, it. That's <laughs> enough. Lock it down. It's and, over. So yeah. I, and I think, that, like, Crystal, you were mentioning this before we were recording and Jay, you were talking about it here. It's that, that combination of, like, potential friction or how how the retailers and and the brands were coming together in the past and I almost think that that's part of the maturity of the market and where we're at because most of the retail brands certainly at the start and like listen I was Tokyo Smoke in 2018 and 2019 into Canopy and like those retail brands were coming out of the retailers so in in a lot of instances you had a retail brand that then why would a product brand want to sell to said brand and vice versa and and there was there was confrontation just because of who the owners were. And now, because the market has filled in so much, the majority of the stores are not owned or have any ties to uh, a product brand. So there can be that proper CPG relationship like what we would expect in any normal product that is being sold to consumers. Could you imagine one year in, like 
let's throw it back and have most 70% of the retailers in Ontario all in one place, how that energy would have felt in here versus like what it feels like now. And I think well, there would have been 35 people. Maybe I was going to say, well, not not that many. Yeah. (laughs) I think I knew all their first names. (laughs) Yeah. But like that dude at that, at that time, you only had so many options in terms of what the store was going to look like and feel like from a product availability perspective. And now with the number of products that we have in market and the number of products coming to market through different avenues, like the OCS catalog and flow through, all of a sudden you can have retail groups who are sitting here and being like, I hear you, that's your jam, that isn't my jam, and that isn't where we're going. And and it still worked with us to be able to be more collaborative with brands and the brands service different needs for different retailers. When we opened our first stores in Winnipeg, like this is with Tokyo Smoke, by the end of the day at one of the stores, we had one product available and it was Shishkaberry one gram. And it didn't matter. People would come through the door. I just Doesn't want matter. wheat. Like I want to be, I want to make a purchase on the first day. And like, think about that. We were, de- we knew we were opening on day two with one product left in stock at one of the stores. And you think about where that was versus now. Or like, it's totally different. And there were lineups at the door. At yeah, of course time. there were. <laughs> There's no, there was novelty. Yeah. Now the novelty has mostly worn off. And now we have a, I like an educated consumer, educated retailer, educated brands. Like it's, it's evolved and always evolving. Absolutely. Makes it hard to keep up, doesn't it? It does. Like it takes a constant focus from a business perspective, like just like sort of, you know, you need to be a really savvy operator. Yeah, like, and work with great people that are that are tied into the network. It can't, yeah. it can't be one individual ever doing any of this. Like, yeah. And talking to other retailers or other brands and being open to have those conversations. It can't just be one through operating in silo. Yeah. This has been awesome. Preach. Preach right. <laughs> we should have like a preach button. You can have like a bam, bam, set bam. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Like um, in here, it's like the alarm goes off, the yeah, red, red lights. Cool. That, yeah. was, that could be an after production. Right. Totally. Yeah. Well, I, I, you want to hear it? I could do sound effects. Oh, really? But I only have four here. Hold on. Give it, give it to us. It feels like a good fit. Oh, wow. That's in energy. No. That, that would have been a good opener for you. Next time, it would be funny. Now we're producing the next show on this show. <laughs> but like, if we had like four things that like, if people said the right word, like we could bam, like, bam, bam. yeah. Well, the next Hall of Flowers when we oh. doing this. Yeah. Say Hall of Flowers, then we play a thing yeah. like, okay. All right. Now we're getting the radio show that I really yeah. wanted. Uh, thanks so much for coming by. Thank your you insight, because I think it's really a helpful insight, but also was enlightening to me. And I really only care about an audience of one during this podcast, and that's me. Perfect. Well, we enjoyed listening to it. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> thanks so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pot of Flowers. Once again, I'm Krista Raymer of Vitrina Group. You can find me at vitrinagroup.com and on LinkedIn. And I am Jay Rosenthal from Dutchie, and you can find me at business.dutchie.com or on LinkedIn. For more information about this podcast and the Hall of Flowers series of events, visit holloflowers.com.